Exodus 40, I want to read verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month shalt thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. He said, on the first day of the year, make sure the tabernacle is a priority. Amen. Turn over to Judges chapter 7. <clears throat> Verse 20. Judges 7. And verse 20. It reads, And the three companies blew the trumpets, break the pitchers, and held the lamps in their left hands, the trumpets in their right hands, to blow with all, and they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I want to preach on this first night of the year what I feel instructed and what have felt instructed if you'll wait on your lamps we'll turn them on collectively here in just a little bit I want to preach to you on this thought with lamps trumpets and voices with lamps trumpets and voices now anyone who hoped that we would come and just play church tonight we can't afford to we can't afford to. <clears throat> Pastor, does that mean you're going to preach a long time? No. But I'm going to give it everything I've got for a few minutes. Because I believe the Lord wants to start this church with a certain trajectory into 2023. And I know the enemy hates what we're trying to accomplish. But if God be for us, who can be against us? I know there's an enemy, but God is for us. Would you lift your hands and your voices all over this place? I'm going to turn my microphone off. I want you to lift your voices in prayer that the Word of God would do its work here tonight. We love you. Yeah, that's right. Somebody say, let your word speak to me tonight, Lord. Let your word speak to me tonight. Amen, amen. Praise God, you may be seated. I preach again with lamps, trumpets, and voices. There is something powerful about when we get in harmony with the word of God. So we're going to try to do that together tonight. It is obvious to many, if not most of us here, that in Judges chapter 7, we are reading from the familiarity of a famous battle in the text. It is a famous battle because of the numbers, the timing, 
and the obvious divine favor of God. War is not a foreign concept to anyone in this house. All of us have been affected by war in some way or another, whether we have extended family or friends who even in more recent history have been a part of war. While biblical and ancient styles of warfare might be farther off, we have most all been touched. In fact, even brave individuals that are in this house tonight have served our very country, and we honor you for doing so. There are, however, some oddities in regards to war and the working of warfare, things that people have come up with, everything from robots to pestilence, striving to bring them an upper hand in my studying of warfare for this particular message, I actually begin to laugh when I looked at these ideas that made it into warfare. What you see behind me is what's called the pigeon missile and the bat bomb. Those are real things. God help us, we have evolved a little bit from that. But when it comes to the measures of war, I, I don't really want to focus as much on human warfare or certainly American history or European or China or Russian warfare. No, I want to look even beyond just this biblical, physical warfare. And although it's a little heavy on the first night of the year, I want to remind you that we are in a warfare. We are in war for our families. We are in, in war for our children. We're in war for our minds. We are in war for our hearts. But most importantly, men and women of God, please hear me and hear me clear. We are in a war for souls. Yes, we are. I know you've heard it so many times. You don't feel like you need to say amen. But if you agree with that, I need you to say amen. We're in a war for souls. We've got men and women that are lost. And just in case anybody has is, is, is taken the last couple weeks off, I need to remind you as your pastor, the devil wants to steal and he wants to kill and he wants to destroy. He wants our marriages. He wants our families. He wants our children. He wants our minds. He wants this church. He wants this altar. He wants these aisles. He wants these pews. He wants this platform. He wants these instruments. He wants this choir loft. He wants these singers. He he wants this sound system. He wants those monitors. He wants it all. But none of this belongs to him. And not one person in this building belongs to him. I don't care how many lies he's told you or how many people have tried to make you feel bad about yourself. The devil is a liar. In fact, he is the father of every lie. He cannot have our church. He cannot have our altar. He cannot have our worship. He cannot have our running of the aisles. He cannot have our 
our playing of the organ. He cannot have our beat upon the drums. He cannot have our songs. He, I'm preaching right now. He cannot have our dancing. He cannot have our leaping. He cannot have our shouting. It's not his. It belongs to the Lord. Somebody sh just shout out amen. amen. Find three people and tell them it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. It's the and I want everybody to hear me clearly marching in to 2023. We are the Lord's. We are the Lord's. And this church is going to be the Lord's. Our Sunday school department is the Lord's. Our youth ministry is the Lord's. Our young adult program is the Lord's. Well, we might could draw more people if it's the Lord's. Our singles, young and older, Lord's. Young married, middle married, more mature, the Lord, the Lord. We wake up in the name of Jesus. We walk in the name of Jesus. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? When thou risest up, when thou liest down, when thou walkest, by the way, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is as, just one Lord. He said, let it be like frontlets between your eyes. Let everybody know, I'm the Lord's and he is mine. I'm the Lord's. And I'm, I'm not surprised that the Lord put this in my heart to preach because we've just come out of the Divided Kingdom series where we talked about Israel and Judah. We talked about the terror of those kings and the downfall and the carrying away the Midianites and the work that is done. Physical enemies are real. Spiritual enemies are real. Mark it down. Physical is typically always mirroring supernatural. Physical are real, but spiritual are real. And the Lord begins to speak to Gideon in a horrific time, in a seemingly Godless time. When the children of Israel are overwhelmed. Pastor Lopez, you said it when you were in the pulpit and I'm so glad you did. He was a healer in 2022. And he's a healer in 2023. Now he didn't answer every prayer the way I wanted him to answer them. But he answered every one of them. His ways are still above. I don't understand all of it. But I do know this. He is still able, and he is well able. And he shows up to Gideon in this moment where they are absolutely overwhelmed. Anybody besides me okay with waving goodbye to 2022? I'm, I'm okay. It was a good, overall good year compared to a lot of people. For some of you, it was a very tough year. Year of hurt, sickness, loss. For some of us, we're able to wave goodbye. But the God of last year, He is beyond time and space and calendars and days that turn. And he works even in the dark places of life. 
When we are sleeping or slumbering, He is still at work. In fact, I would venture to say that some of His greatest handiwork is done in the dark places. Mm-hmm. For everything that is accomplished in the light of day, there was a God working behind the scenes in the darkness of the night. I've said before and I say again, for every piece of fruit that is soon to hang in the sunlight of a spring and a summer day, for everyone that is visibly there, there will be roots clinging in a dark place, bringing nutrients to what is necessary. And to every believer that's in this room, let it be understood of us that if God is going to get the glory, there will be dark places where even He has to keep us and sustain us and work on us and work through us. And the Lord spoke to Gideon. He spoke to Gideon and begins to speak prophetic promise to Gideon. He's giving him the word of the Lord for victory. Everybody say 32,000. It's a pretty good army, I'm telling you right now. I'd be pretty good with a church of 32,000 people. I would. The danger is we'd still just be scratching the surface of our city. I wouldn't want to be content, but I'd feel pretty good. And the Lord spoke to Gideon and begins to tell him that there's going to be victory. And he seemingly gets not much farther past telling him that there is going to be victory. In in verse 3 of Judges chapter 7, he says, But I want you to ask for anyone who is afraid and let them go home. Now, I'm expecting... a few hundred, maybe a thousand, maybe even two thousand. But after calling for those who are afraid, 22,000 people. It's one thing to have people walk away from you. It's another. When you lose two thirds of the group in one swath, a bunch of scaredy cats. That's how I'd feel. But can I tell you what's already at work here? There's already abuse and idolatry at play. And any time the abuse of the enemy and the introduction of idolatry becomes imminent, fear begins to take root. First day of the year, so I'm going to tell you, for some of us, there's there's just some stuff we need to go ahead and turn off. Some of the idolatry that's too easily working its way into our homes. You don't even realize it. There are people in this room right now, you've been crippled by fear in the last year or two. And if you'd closely examine what you've been playing into your home, you'd get the answer. There are spirits attached to some of the stuff we watch. We got to be careful what idols get in our home. Amen. Pastor Carson, I don't want all that. Let's just do the candle thing. <clears throat> 22,000 people, Brother Staten, take off. Running back, nudging each other. Whoa, we got out of that. I never would have thought. I said the afraid thing. I'm okay. And it would have been hard to say you were afraid unless there was that company that started leaving. You're afraid. I'm a little bit afraid. 
You kind of afraid, I'm kind of afraid. 22,000 people that begin to leave. I'm wondering what's running through the mind of Gideon until in verse four with only 10,000 remaining, the Lord speaks to him and says, still too many. You ever feel like you weren't hearing God good? Still too many. We're already outnumbered. We're already overwhelmed. We're already distraught. We're already in a bad place, God. He said there's still too many. And he does one of the most interesting separations that we find in all the text. He says, let the people get a drink. That's a big watering hole for 10,000. Let them get a drink. And then there's going to be a separation of those that lap versus those that get down on their knees. How many know the number? How many is he about to send home? 9,700. If I'm Gideon, I'm watching people get down on their knees. I'm, no, 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 Give me some dogs. Only 300 people. If he would have known that was going to be a prerequisite for the last two weeks, they'd have been doing lap practice. He'd have been teaching them how to drink. But I'm telling you, there are some miracles we can't fabricate. I want to remind everybody in the room marching into this year, just so we're all on the same page, he is well able to use what we've He's well able to use what we've got to get this done. 9,700 people. And there's only how many left? 300. Think about this. There were left, there were left only 300 people. That means there were less that day left to fight than in this building. Over two times as many people sitting in the building on the first of the... Take half of this congregation. That's your job, to go destroy the Midianites. Give us some good weaponry. You know the story. The interesting thing about this is when you read down through Judges chapter 7, it says that the Midianites were camped there in the valley and there was Gideon and his crew that was there at the, at the mountaintop. They were, they were there upon the, cliff, upon the hill. They were in the better position. Sometimes you can be in the better position and still feel like the underdog. I want to remind you tonight, when it comes to this thing called life, even if it's been tough for you, you're in the winning position. You're in the winning position. And the Lord gives him a great, man, I mean just a great, great moment. He said, if you don't believe me, take that little servant of yours and slip down there, get real close, and listen to what they're saying. So Gideon takes that helper, begins to sneak down the face of the hill, the mountain, Get down close. Everybody open your Bible to Judges chapter 7. Verses 10 and 11. That's what he told. He said, you just take Peter with you and I, I want you to go. Verse 12 and 13 of Judges chapter 7. And 
and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, their camels without number, the sand, the seaside for the multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. They got close enough to listen what they were saying. Isn't it amazing? God led them right to the dreamer. <laughs> and that guy said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled in to the host of Midian and came into a tent and smote it that fell and overturned it that the tent lay alone. And his fellow answered and said, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian. He said, Gideon, I want you to sneak down there and I want you to listen real quick because they've already begun to, they've already began to dream about their demise. They've already begun to dream about their demise. They've all, man, I feel like saying it again and again. They've already begun to dream about their demise. There was one man dreaming. There was another interpreting and it began to move through. And that's all it took for Gideon. All Gideon... Isn't it amazing? Gideon already had a word from God, but once he heard it validated by the enemy. If I wanted to preach a long time, I would preach about the testimonies of the enemy. Because even the enemy testifies on a daily basis more than most of us. He knows how much power we've got. He knows how much authority we've got. If we really would recognize who we are and the power that we walk in, we would know that when we make our minds up to let God be magnified, it gets the enemy shaking in his. I want us dreaming dreams, but I want the enemy dreaming some dreams too. I want him to know the people of the name are coming. The people of the name are coming. The, pe the people of the name of Jesus are coming into Indianapolis in 2023. And so here's the plan. The Lord gives him a plan. It's a pretty good plan. There's machine guns, Tommy guns, spears. And s no, 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 that's, that's not what's coming. Grab some trumpets. Get some lamps. Ah, bring your voices. <laughs> Grab the trumpets, bring the lamps, and bring your voices. Mm -hmm. One more time. Grab the trumpets, get some lamps, and bring your voices. And I'm going to give you a moment. And when I give you a moment, you're going to blast the trumpets. You're going to break the pitchers and lift those flames high. And you're going to begin to shout the sword. <laughs> Not a physical sword, ladies and gentlemen. It's the sword of the Lord. There is an army that's about to turn on itself. So I've recruited some helpers tonight. Trumpeters. Is that right? Come, come help me, trumpet players. Bring thy weapons. They're going to come and they're going to help me and just kind of, we're just going to kind of spread across this. Let's take our lights back down a little bit, if you will. They got nervous I was going to preach so long, they brought them back up. 
is spread out across this place. Crosses. What do you need, Gideon? Whatever God says I need. What do you need to get this taken care of? Whatever God says. Well, I'm going to tell you, this don't make any sense. Trumpeters don't make any sense. Ladies and gentlemen, our warfares are not fought based on logic. See, if you can finish it, we wrestle not against, but against. Yeah, not flesh and blood. Even if it was flesh and blood, I bet you could hurt a man with a trumpet. But that wasn't what he was talking about, Brother Faulkner. He's saying, I'm going to get you in the right place. And you're going to break the pitchers. And you're going to hold up the flame. But it'll be the blast of the trumpet. And it'll be the holding of the flame. They're surrounding that camp. And you're going to begin to scream out about the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. And what's going to happen? is the enemy is going to become so discomfited that it turns upon itself. I'm ready for him to put confusion in the camp of the enemy. Can I tell you the confusion that they're trying to bring against the church? I'm ready for God to put the confusion back into the camp of the enemy. All the confusion he's been speaking, trying to get against your mind and the fear that he's been trying to get into our families. How about the confusion over our city? Forgive me, but I don't even feel bad about this. I hate the devil. I hate the devil. I hate the confusion and the warfare that he's using. And I'm saying in the name of the Lord Jesus, I'm ready for the Lord to turn the confusion back on the enemy. Let's bring every light down. Every light down in the whole house if you can do it. Take them down. Take them off me and everything. Now guys, can you see me? Okay, now listen. I'm just gonna say blow the trumpet. And when I do, give us about seven, 10 seconds of take that devil trumpet playing. Okay, just a long blast. Now everybody in the crowd, you got a picture that they have surrounded on the hillside and Midian and the Amalekites are partying in the valley because they keep destroying, but it's already begun to murmur. It's already begun to murmur through the valley floor. I think Gideon's coming. I think Gideon's coming. I think Gideon's coming. And then all of a sudden from the hillside, they begin to hear the trumpeters play, play. You say whatever you want. If I'm in the valley and hear that. When I first read this as a kid, I thought that's not intimidating until I turn all the lights out. Even sitting in the church and I'm not sure whether I'm supposed to be scared or feel powerful. I don't know. 
But all of a sudden, put yourself in the darkness of that valley floor and you've been destroying the people of God and fighting against the children of God. But God has spoken to Gideon and all of a sudden, Gideon's it's begin to be testified through the camp. And then on the hillside, all of a sudden, you hear the trumpets play. Now, I want everybody, I need everybody in the building now. If you got a candle, I need you to turn that candle. Turn that candle on. Ooh. And let the trumpeters play. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you on the first night of this year, you're a part of this battle and you're on the Lord's side. I know the enemy has tried to testify against you, but you're on the Lord's side. I know the odds have seemed overwhelming, but you're on the Lord's side. I want you to take that I want you to take that flame I want you to lift it high and I want you to begin to shout in the name of the Lord whatever you need him to bring victory in your life this year I want you to begin to shout trumpeters I want you to play again and I want us to shout while the trumpeters play You better run. You better run. You better run. 